and hello and welcome back to the unlock the keys to your freedom podcast i must say that um i am truly having a blast creating this podcast these episodes um because it truly fulfills one of my core desires uh, and that is creativity I would definitely say my number one core desire is self-autonomy for those of you who know me well. (laughs) Um, So I just want to take some time to thank you all for listening and allowing me to create a space where I can tap into myself uh, in this way and truly do what my heart desires. Desires is very overwhelmingly exciting. It brings me tremendous joy. It allows me to be vulnerable and show parts of my true self to you. It's also very therapeutic for me to do this podcast. So, Um, and I'm hoping that anybody out there would be able to find the things that I share on this podcast helpful for them. So, and I'm also really, truly proud of myself. It feels good to say that out loud. You know, self-love was another part of my journey. excuse me and kind of looking back um, if someone were to ask me do you have self-love I would most definitely would have said absolutely I'm a confident person I felt uh, accomplished Uh, I don't let everybody walk all over me etc things like that but not until I actually started down this new path of rediscovering my authentic self I realized I didn't even have a clue about what it meant to love yourself. You know, I would look back at all the times and um, the examples. Hold on, I'm sorry. I'm a little different technical capability right now. Um. I will look back all the times and examples of when I was constantly betraying myself for somebody else, right? Um, I would be betraying myself every time, for example, I put something in my mouth or in my body that was not good for me. All the times where, meaning like unhealthy food, unhealthy habits, that type of thing. All the times where I decided to people please instead of telling someone what my true thoughts or feelings were. So many times I would betray myself. So looking back, it's just really horrific (laughs) to even remember or think about all those times. So I didn't understand what it meant to love yourself. What self-love means to me at this point is putting yourself first and not betraying yourself or fear of rejection, disapproval, or not fitting in, or wanting everybody to like you. If your child came to you and said, hey, mom, I want to eat this, um, what's a, a, a horrible processed food, Nutella. <laughs> what's in that, but it's a bunch of bad things for you, or honey bun, right? And you know that what's good for your child is vegetables, good healthy proteins, fruits, and different things like that. Because all of the processed junk and chemicals that are in 
junk food creates cancer and creates diabetes and all these things, it would be easy for you to tell your child, no, I'm not going to give you that. I would easily say no. But I would put some of the same things in my body and betray myself by not eating good, healthy foods and a good, healthy diet, right? And another example is uh, I, w I don't talk to my loved ones and tell them that they're not good enough or you're not worthy of love or no one will ever truly show up for you or you can't accomplish anything you set your mind out to, et cetera. But I used to do all that negative self-talk to myself all the time. But anyway, I'm going off on a tangent right now. <laughs> Over at the very least, this kind of is going into a whole nother podcast episode. <clears throat> so we're still at the very beginning stages of what I call my keys or the keys I use, I use anyway to um, help unlock the keys to your freedom. And one of the first keys is consciousness. Uh, and we're still kind of in that space. And we talked about what it means to be conscious and self-aware previously. So in each one of these episodes, I'm going to be <clears throat> I'm going to be breaking down these keys kind of in a systematic way in some type of order, so to speak, that will follow a specific path of awakening to get you to rediscover your authentic self. So I do have a plan on how and when to reveal these different keys and the concepts, perspectives, and also examples of how I use them and was able to do my transformation and get to this place of authenticity within myself using these keys. So if we just jump right into it, right? What does it mean to be authentic anyway? <clears throat> and let me first say this, you know, there are actually what I feel two parts of the beginning parts of discovering your true self. First is understanding what does it mean to be authentic? And the other word is self-integrity. You cannot be your true authentic self if you don't have self-integrity. But I'm going to discuss self-integrity in another podcast episode and how the two are related but different because self-integrity is needed in order for you to show up as your authentic self. So keep that in mind. So I may be doing this a bit backwards, but bear with me as authenticity is kind of like the end goal but self-integrity is what you will have to develop in order to show up as your authentic self but probably like episode four i'm going to talk more about self-integrity a lot more but what is authenticity when you think about the definition of authenticity authenticity happens when your words your actions and your behaviors consistently match your core identity So authenticity means having a keen awareness of who you are and what you stand for and expressing yourself honestly and consistently to the world. In order for connection to happen, we have to allow ourselves to be seen. And I mean really seen. And this can be really, really scary because the fear of rejection and especially fear of rejection from the people we care about the most. Your authentic self is who you really are deep down. The part of you that doesn't care about what others think. And learning to be your authentic self is an essential part of building meaningful relationships. 
you're not going to be able to create a relationship of true meaning and substance with anybody if you are hiding parts of yourself because you fear this person is going to reject you. But many people do struggle with expressing themselves openly, figuring out who they are and knowing what they want out of life. I know I was definitely one of those people. Finding who your authentic, true self could seem overwhelming, but it doesn't always have to be. Um, there are some concrete, actionable ways to start finding and more fully expressing your authentic self. And that is what I attempt to do in this podcast and also in my course. I have some exercises and some things that will help you get more into depth with this process. So what does authenticity look like, right? I just kind of point out a couple of things. It looks like speaking your opinions honestly in a healthy way, making decisions that align with your internal values and core beliefs, pursuing your passions without caring about getting approval from somebody else, listening to the inner voice that's guiding you forward, which is your intuition. No longer ignoring hard conversations because of fear of rejection. Having the feeling of being liberated and finally getting out of the box. Allowing yourself to be vulnerable and open-hearted. And also setting boundaries and walking away from toxic situations. So after hearing me mention those things can you honestly say that you are in this moment living as your authentic self today think about that so you cannot be authentic if you don't believe in yourself and your ability to shape your life the way that you want it to be so if you decide that you do want to take my course, you know, my course was designed to give you the mindset tools you need to be able to do just that. And on a deeper level, authenticity, what it does is it, it illuminates your path forward to live the life that you want. When you finally get clear on what matters to you, you're able to make decisions that align with your identity, core desires, and your core values. Then you begin to build a life that brings you meaning and joy. And then when people see this, that'll inspire them to do the same too. Brene Brown is a psychologist and she mentioned in one of her TED Talks that she explained how authenticity is an essential part of developing meaningful relationships. When people show up with their vulnerabilities, it allows them to truly connect with and feel close to others. Ask yourself this. How many times have you said to yourself, I can't connect with this person because they've lied to me? Or you feel that they're hiding something, they're not being truthful. And when that happens, you feel that they're not being their authentic self. So the trust and the connection is broken, broken or severed. But fear of rejection often prevents people from expressing their authentic selves. And we've all done this and continue to do this, some of us. And we put up a mask and we change our behavior in order to fit in or act in a way that others think they should. 
I know I definitely used to do that. I wanted everybody to like me. If somebody didn't like me or approve of me, it would mess up my entire day. And I would do whatever to try and fix this so I can keep up my, this whole good girl persona because I fear disapproval and rejection from other people. And I think that definitely goes back to my childhood when my father not being there definitely felt like a rejection. My mother telling me that my fears were invalid by ignoring them. And if I did not have a certain emotional state, it was disapproval from her. And then looking back so many times at work, you know, I would always agree to perhaps do a project I didn't want to do. I was the yes employee. I was the yes student in class. I wouldn't bring up my disappointment in relationships that I was in, whether if it was with my siblings, partners, parent, because I didn't want the person to stop liking me and perhaps leave. I thought that if I, avo I voice any type of disappointment or disagreement in a relationship, that this person would just leave and never come back. So I would keep silent. Or at times, I would just leave altogether instead of just having a conversation because I didn't like conflict of any kind. I mean, <laughs> mm -mm. everybody liked me. Or I can say everybody liked the version of me that I portrayed. There was not one person that would say, I just don't like that girl. I just hate her. <laughs> right? So when you betray yourself to fit in or to avoid conflict or avoid the feeling of being abandoned or rejected, you ultimately wind up feeling isolated and alone anyway. The same negative emotions I was trying to avoid will happen anyway. So here's another question for you. Maybe you can write this one down. Write down a time in the past year where you wore a mask or change your true behavior so you can fit in or to avoid being rejected by somebody else. And how do you feel about that now? You're probably thinking like, man, I wish I would have said this. Why didn't I just tell them this? And you look back and you have these shoulda, coulda, woulda. <laughs> and then sometimes you actually resent that person. So people pleasing and feelings of guilt, shame, resentment, and low self-esteem, these are the results when you are not true to yourself. So it's time to look inwards and ask yourself, what does it mean for me to be authentic? I have been a people pleaser my entire life. I ignored or distracted myself from my emotions. And I'm like, enough is enough. I wanted to be able to experience life showing up as the real me. I wanted to know what that would feel like. So during my journey, my transformation journey, I began to tell others what I truly felt with the knowledge of knowing that this person could say no, they could reject me. 
But I didn't care anymore because it was just eating me alive inside. And I was just bursting at the seams. And I finally started to muster up some courage I needed to speak my truth. And then to my surprise, the people that I was most afraid of showing my true self to, they didn't walk away. They didn't reject me. <clears throat> In fact, I remember uh, one of the things my husband said to me was, wow, it's like I'm getting to know who you are for the first time in all these years, and that is very attractive to me. Not the response that I expected. <laughs> and he said, even though this new path is going to be challenging for the both of us, because he was also on his own authenticity transformation journey. So we were both in this space together discovering our authentic selves and then at the same time trying to figure out how we can still align ourselves together in our marriage it was a lot of work a lot of hard conversations but we did we got through it so you may be surprised when you do reveal your truth to somebody so always give them the benefit of the doubt Give them the opportunity to see who you are and they can decide. So don't take that away from them. They may actually like the real you. <laughs> so when you're authentic, you end up following your heart. You put yourself in places and situations and in conversations that you love and that you enjoy. You get to meet people that you like talking to. You go places you've dreamt about. You end up following your heart and feeling very fulfilled. So I must say that when I started to do this more and more, it was so liberating. It was exciting. At times, my life would feel like a movie, and it still does. I still continue to blow my own mind with some of the things, some of the shit that I do. I have met some ama amazingly open-minded people. People I would have never come across if I was still closed off in this condition box that the world put me in and being afraid to allow my true self to emerge. You know, I've, I've experienced things in life I thought I would have never in the past. I do things I want to do and I don't second guess myself anymore. And I find myself in some strange but fulfilling and fun places and situations. I am in love with me and my life and the people that are in it and the things that we get to share and explore together. So there was a, a study published in the Journal of Counseling Psychology that said that people who are more authentic feel happier and have higher self-esteem. There was another study in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology that discovered that Showing up authentically brings greater satisfaction, lowers stress levels in a particular role as a friend, employee, or student. And then also there was research done in the Journal of Counseling Psychology that shows that authenticity increases satisfaction in romantic relationships. When you discover how to be your authentic self, you get to live in this flow creativity and abundance come to you effortlessly in all areas of your life money 
relationships, sexuality, friendships, at work, your career. Consistently living up to your core values leads to self-confidence. Yeah. You get to trust yourself and, and, and know that you can overcome obstacles when you're pursuing your goals. When you learned how to be real, you also get to create genuine relationships. You express yourself honestly. And so this is going to attract like-minded people who do support you for who you really are, not the facade that you have been presenting in the past. People are often inauthentic because they believe it's what others want to see. They change their behavior to match a particular situation, right? And there's a term for this, and the psychologists call this self-monitoring. So you have high self-monitors and low self-monitors. High self-monitors are people described as people who tend to act differently depending on the situation. Low self-monitors behave similarly across different social environments, and they don't care one way or the other. <laughs> so there's pros and cons to both. Now, people who self-monitor too much can be viewed as fake or inconsistent, disingenuous. But people who don't self-monitor at all, these people can seem rigid, inflexible, unreasonable, or inappropriate. You don't want to seem like a jerk, right? So I'm not saying just do you and fuck everybody else. Because that's not how relationships work. You have to remember that who you are at your core, the, this person who dances behind closed doors, who sings in the shower, that's not perfect, that's clumsy, that does stupid things. That's the one that the world wants to see. It can take a lot of courage to learn how to be real, first with yourself, and then also show that to other people. But when you do, you set yourself free and you begin to build a life that brings you joy and meaning. This is not something that will happen overnight, but you can and you will get there. And that is exactly what I hope to do with this podcast as well as with my course. And that's what I'm setting out to, to hopefully help you to do. So balance, you have to find a balance. And when I say balance, that does not ever mean people pleasing or betraying yourself. <clears throat> you have to find a balance between staying true to yourself and behaving in a way that respects the social situation in a given context that you're in, especially if you're trying, if it's in a relationship that you're trying to cultivate a true friendship in. So we all know that in order to be in a relationship with a friend or a partner, it cannot just always be your way or the highway. You will need to be reasonable, fair, understanding, empathetic, and have a desire, that is the key word, have a desire to bend to the other person's wants and needs. And it's going to take work and compromises. The word compromises, compromise kind of has a bad negative connotation in this space of authenticity. 
But when I say compromises, those compromises still should not be out of line with your self-integrity or your authentic self. So let me give you uh, an example of what I mean by that. This is how I approach this because I've had to come up with a practical way to self-check myself when I'm making decisions to see if I am being my authentic self. So I ask myself two simple questions. Are you doing what this person has requested because you have a desire to do it? Or are you doing it because you're people pleasing and you're afraid of rejection or disapproval from this person? And it's really as simple as that for me. And I just sit in that and I stay true to myself in that moment and just see whatever comes up for me, whatever answers come up. So I do this self-check, uh, I like to call it with myself, when I sense there's a bit of conflict within my response to somebody's request or ask of me. Because most of the requests from our partners or our friends are easy. We don't have to do, we don't, we don't have to take much thought to think about how we're going to respond it could be easy yes right or easy no <laughs> but there are times when we have to take a second look at it before we make a decision or give a response and so i use those two questions and we can use that in simple simple requests that or suggestions we may get from somebody else and we can also use those questions when it's a more complex more layered ask or request that we're getting from somebody else so let's take this example. Let's say, let's take a relationship I may have with a, a, a friend of mine. If this friend says to me like, hey, can you go with me to this event? It's a jazz show and they're going to have some of my favorite musicians there too. Now, within myself, <laughs> oh, I hate jazz. <laughs> I loathe it. It is depressing to me when I hear it. It's just not the type of music I enjoy. And those of you who know me know I am the trap queen. I love trap music. You are going to hear me right in my car blasting trap music and rap music. If for those of you who don't know what trap music is, rap music, uh, certain types of rap music, mostly down south, um, that, that comes from down south, like, you know, Georgia. Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, things like that. I can listen to it all day. I grew up listening to that type of music, so it's just something that is in me. It's my first love of music. And the first person that um, I enjoy listening to was LL Cool J. So and I personally feel that he was the first trap artist. <laughs> some people may disagree. Some people be like, what the hell are you talking about? But, and some people don't like trap music. They feel that the lyrics are stupid, is noisy, uh, whatever, fine, to each his own. So the first thing that comes up for me is, ugh, hate jazz, I don't want to go. Right? So I ask myself these two questions. Are you going to do what your friend has requested because you have a desire to, to do this and go to this event? Or... Are you doing it because you're people pleasing and you're afraid of disapproval from that friend or rejection? 
And then I pick the answer that best aligns with me in that moment of my authentic self. My first thought is to say, no, I'm not going to be able to go because I don't enjoy jazz. But perhaps we can have dinner before or after because I really do enjoy spending time with you. I could say that. Or another option also could be this. And this is where the empathy, understanding, reading between the lines comes into play when you are trying to cultivate a genuine friendship with somebody and you value their relationship. So if I know that, for example, this particular friend has been sad lately, perhaps, or maybe they just broke up with their boyfriend or they're having a rough time and she may just want some company. I may say, well, even though, you know, I don't like jazz, I do really enjoy spending time with you and I want to support the things that you enjoy as well. So let's do it. So now in this instance, I don't consider that people pleasing. Some people might, but it doesn't matter what they think. It's all about how do I feel inside of me? What type of compromise is this? Is this a compromise that's going to create resentment? Or is it a compromise that I have a desire to do and I'm going to enjoy making, right? And in this instance, I'm still aligned with my self-integrity and my core desires because I have a desire to show up for my friend because I know she's in need of some companionship, some love, and some support. So I have a desire to make the compromise to do something that I normally wouldn't attend, but because there's a deeper layer that I'm considering at this time, and I'm going to enjoy the fact that my friend is enjoying having me around at this event. So I encourage you to practice using those two questions too and see how they work for you. And if you come across any situations where they did work and you felt liberated and excited, <laughs> please let me know. Send me an email. You can send me a message on the uh, podcast review thing, I think. So the ultimate lesson, I would say, for this podcast episode is really this and this was an epiphany that I had on my journey. And it is being your authentic self is a choice. I used to think that on my path to rediscovering my true self that I would eventually arrive at my most authentic self and I could never be rattled into any of my old ways. I would do no more people pleasing and I was never going to <laughs> conform and I quickly discovered that that is not how this works. You never arrive. I have still not arrived. You are always going to be a work in progress. And I'm sure that the people closest to me who actually listen to this podcast and support me can be the first to tell you that I am not perfect. I actually had a discussion with uh, one of my close friends earlier today where they reminded me of some things that I had said. And I am grateful for the insight of this person because when they said it, I understood it. And this person has actually helped me to stay aligned with my, with my authentic self with the feedback they gave me. So I appreciate that. So in order to be your authentic self, 
the thing is, you're going to have to make a choice or a decision in every situation and decide in that moment if you're going to be your authentic self or if you're going to instead people please because fear of disapproval or if you're going to tell a lie or fabrication because you're afraid of rejection and you don't want people thinking of you in a negative light or if you're going to not tell somebody what you truly think because you don't want to hurt their feelings or be afraid to ask your boss for a raise for example because you feel you you deserve it but you're afraid that you're no longer they're they're no longer going to like you if you decide to speak your mind or whatever it is just know that you will never arrive as your authentic self you have to make a choice in the moment in that specific moment to either choose authenticity and align with your self-integrity or betray yourself. And it's okay if you don't always make the authentic choice each and every time. We're human. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to avoid negative emotions at all costs. We don't want to feel the hurt, the pain, the disappointment, the sadness, the rejection, whatever it is. That's one of the reasons why people lie. They don't want to experience those negative emotions. But even in those moments when you do betray yourself or you fail to show up as your authentic self, don't beat yourself up about it. And that was something I had to learn too. Give yourself grace, learn from those moments, and you just keep striving to get better and get the courage to do better next time and next time and next time. It takes courage and letting go of the fears. These fears is what hold us back, man. <laughs> letting go of the fears of the rejection, the disapproval, and no longer trying to manipulate people into loving you by creating this facade or this persona that you're not really because that's what you think they want you to be. But once you're able to let go of the fear of experiencing or feeling negative emotions, this process will get easier for you. And I'm definitely going to have a podcast on that, too, because that is also one of the keys. Maybe the third key is about feeling, not being afraid to feel. We think that if we feel any type of negative emotion that we're doing life wrong, we must be doing something wrong. At least that's what I used to feel. But then I realized that's not the case. It just means that I'm human. And those negative emotions, I shouldn't even see them as negative or bad. But I started to see them as opportunities for learning and growth. And to give myself grace and to show empathy to other people. And I had to realize that if I am going to live this life of being my authentic self, where I'm truly aligned with my self-integrity, everybody is not going to follow me on this journey. Even the people closest to me, friends or family, there's going to be people who will pull away because they may find it difficult to do life with me. And that's okay. 
So I told I had to tell myself if I'm going to, I'm going to have to get real comfortable feeling these negative emotions, right? And I say that with quotes because I don't think they're negative anymore. I'm going to have to get real comfortable feeling them and navigating my way through them because this life that I want to do and I've been on, it's going to be a roller coaster. It's going to be an exciting ride for me and I want all the smoke, as they say. <laughs> I want all the smoke. I don't want to run or hide from any of it. I want to feel life. I no longer want to distract myself from my emotions, ignore them, or buffer by doing something else, right, to make me feel better. I want to be able to sit in that emotion and discover more things about myself within it or more lessons that I need to learn. And you won't be able to get to the other side of anything if you're still running away from experiencing these emotions. You're going to have to get the courage to allow yourself to sit in that pain, whatever it is. But like I said, I got a whole nother episode to, to, to dig more deeper into that. And in my course, I definitely go into um, get more deep into um, feeling and how we create our own emotional suffering for ourselves and things like that. But that is going to conclude this episode. Um, thank you all for listening. But before I do go, I do want to give a shout out to my oldest sister and my six-year-old niece. Uh, we recently went to a viewing of her up there. Uh, it was a pilot TV episode, their first episode for a TV show. It was phenomenal. Um, they have about 1.3 million followers on TikTok. And they, what they do is they do comedy skits. They're both hilarious. <laughs> My niece is an actress. Uh, she's great. Um, and so that's what they do. Uh, but people love seeing, I think more than anything, is that people love being able to see a mother and daughter have such a phenomenal, loving and nurturing and fun relationship because this could be rare or at least we don't get to see that portrayed in the media right especially not for black families so i am so proud of my niece for having the courage to put herself out there and show her wonderful talents to the world and to my oldest sister you know she's always been we're three years apart she's always been a trailblazer uh, a trendsetter, and she has always danced to the beat of her own drum, and I've always admired that about her. She is a person who has always showed up for me. She was like my first savior, <laughs> uh, like Superman to me growing up. And then my baby sister, too. Uh, we're actually just one year and two days apart, exactly. Uh, I had my mother <laughs> pulled that off. Um, but she did. Um, so, and, and, and my baby sister, she could probably help me co-author this podcast because she is definitely, uh, has always been somebody who has not been afraid, even from the moment we were little kids, to show up as her authentic self to anybody, uh, kids or adults, like it or not, you are definitely going to get the true her. 
I've always admired her courage um, for that. And she would literally give you the shirt off her back as well. A very loving person too. Uh, it, it, she could probably write a book about how to have courage. <laughs> I'm sure it would probably be a bestseller. So my two sisters have always been two of the strongest authentic women that I know and they've always demonstrated in so many ways what it means to just be yourself and show up as yourself tears fear and all and I am the middle child and so it has taken me some time <laughs> to get on this path that they were already on but I am so glad that I finally have I am a late bloomer in that sense uh, but I feel like I have definitely arrived <laughs> uh, and now even though they are shocked at some of the things that I have the courage to do now. Uh, they both said to me that they're not surprised because they have known me my entire life. Uh, when you think about it, your siblings are the people probably the closest to you and nobody can say they, they've known you longer than they have, right? I'm 43 years old. My oldest sister has known me for 43 years, exactly, right? How many people in your life that you can say that about? And so they have seen my true self from the beginning. And they get to see me come back home to who they have always known me to be before I lost myself and before I started to people please and do all these things. So, and they support me no matter how crazy or outlandish <laughs> some of the things that I do now seem. And I love them for that. I will call one of them or text them, be like, girl, guess what I did now? And they both just laugh and they say, well, they might say, what the hell? <laughs> and they laugh and they say, you know what? We support you and we love you no matter what. So I'm just so grateful to have such loving and supportive, non-judgmental sisters. I, I just wanted to say that. So when they're listening to this, they can know that. Um, and I've told them that too, but I, I just felt like this is appropriate podcast to mention it again. Um, and so then finally, I did want to um, leave you guys with this poem. This is a poem by uh, clinical, she's a clinical psychologist. Her name is Dr. Shafali. She wrote this book called A Radical Awakening. And she is phenomenal. <laughs> she has definitely been somebody who was pivotal and who has helped me on my transformation journey and help me to learn some new concepts. So uh, as you listen to this poem, see if this is something that you would like to aspire to and become at the end of your transformation. And this is what I'm hoping to be able to use my knowledge and experiences to be able to get you guys on this path, right? Um, This poem is the woman that I hope to eventually become, and I feel like I am definitely on track for that. And again, perfection is not the key. And also, too, I want to say, even though this is written in context, uh, talking about a woman, I do believe that men can definitely take some notes from this poem as well. So because there are men also who are on a similar journey and who have similar things to figure out. So I'm going to read it. It says, there comes a time in the life of a woman or man when she discards her old ways like tossed shoes in the garbage. 
when she shreds her list of shoulds and obligations and when impossible expectations are burned in an incinerator. There comes a time in the life of a woman when the approval of others once jewels now turn to pennies in her sock, when the hunt for another is now replaced by a hunt for herself, and when paternal tentacles of tradition no longer define her truth, there comes a time in the life of a woman when her desire to fit in with the crowd dissolves, when her maniac compulsion to be perfect vaporizes, and when her obsession to be voted popular eviscerates. There comes a time in the life of a woman when she simply says no more, when facade, artifice, and guile leave her nauseated and when righteousness, dogma, and superiority repulse her. There comes a time in the life of a woman when she no longer fears conflict, but faces it boldly like a lioness, when she guards her authenticity as fearlessly as she guards her babies, and when she drops the role of savior knowing she can only save herself. There comes a time in the life of a woman she no longer cowers in the shadows of her unworthiness, when she no longer plays small so others can feel big, and when she swaps the role of victim for the role of co-creator. There comes a time in the life of a woman when she unabashedly and boldly occupies her ultimate sovereignty. She finally feels ready to claim her space in the world and when she redefines compassion as unequivocal self-love, there comes a time in the life of a woman when she finally releases her childlike dependencies on others, when she dares to rewrite a new mandate of living for herself, a mandate that says this, I release unworthiness and fear. I divorce servility and passivity. I divest in I divest in authenticity and enmeshment. I end the pretense of being someone I am not. And from now on, I declare, I will ascend into my highest power. I will embrace my greatest autonomy. I will celebrate my deepest worth. I will embody my fiercest courage and manifest the most authentic me. Time is now. I am ready to awaken into my renaissance that poem just <laughs> gives me goosebumps and uh hope you guys found something um, within that poem that you can inspire to so until next time again thank you thank you thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to me uh please follow me on your favorite podcast platform like rate and share thank you